I am your humble host, Ralph Nudie, coming to you live from our new studios in Gurney, Illinois, broadcasting to Gurney and Kenosha via AM 1050 WLIP and simulcast live throughout the world from Kenosha to Cosenza, Italy, and all across the world via our YouTube channel. Go to GetRealWithRalph.com to reach our YouTube channel or see us on Facebook Live at Facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. Exciting show tonight. We have the economist, college professor Yuri Maltsev coming on. He's going to be talking about how to preserve capitalism during a pandemic such as a coronavirus. And then I'm going to give you my take on it. Pandemic is a symptom to a larger disease. Afterwards, we'll with Haven, front lady from the local Kenosha, Wisconsin band, Misbehaven. Hang on, let's go for a ride together. So I want you love me, baby. Is it because we are one in the same? But you heard the flash again. Don't you be a pain. Good evening, everyone, from our new studios in Gurney, Illinois, where I am staring out at a ghost town of an empty mall that has been closed for business. Like you, like everybody listening, I am concerned. This is the first great challenge that has faced our country that we all face together since World War II. Yes, we've had crises since then. We've had wars We've had epidemics. We've had 9-11. But none of those things had a personal and profound effect on every single American. The last two events in our history that did that were arguably the Great Depression and World War II. We haven't been challenged as a people. Our parents haven't been challenged as a people. And our children have been coddled. 
And now we're going to have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, and we're going to have to fix this mess that we've made. This mess wasn't created overnight. It wasn't created by the Democratic Party. It wasn't created by the Republican Party. It wasn't created by any particular political party. And this coronavirus isn't the biggest disease that's affecting the United States of America. It is a symptom to a much greater disease that's afflicting us. And that is complacency among the American people. From the Nixon administration on down, from Richard Nixon to Gerald Ford, to Jimmy Carter, to Ronald Reagan, to George H.W. Bush, to Bill Clinton, to George Bush, to Barack Obama, and even to President Donald Trump all the way through the current day. We have slowly given away our wealth. We have slowly given away our jobs. We have slowly given away our American ingenuity in the name of cheap goods and in the name of disgusting The people at the top of the food chain don't care. They don't care where they make their money from as long as they make their money. And the infighting that has gone on inside our country, whether it be big labor against big business or big business against the government, whether it be the environmentalist movement, it doesn't really matter what the movement is. We've had so many moving parts of fighting going on that it has been very easy to have a mass exodus of American industry to foreign countries. We now sit in a place where we are nothing more than a nation of consumers. And consumerism by itself is not a sustainable way of life. We used to be the greatest country on the face of the planet. We manufactured everything, and we were the envy of the entire world. I don't know whether this virus was spread intentionally. Nobody does. Whether it was bioengineered or not, nobody does. All the experts are telling us that it wasn't, that this really is a result of believe that or not. But I do know this. We and we have given away and now we're gonna have to take a good hard look at our country because be affected first of all and secondarily by the economic fallout hasn't been seen since the Great Depression. A lot of people, they don't want the media scaring people. And that is exactly what the media is doing right now. They're sensationalizing and scaring people. That's not my intention. My intention is to be a realist. It doesn't matter what your pet cause is, how far to the left or how far to the right it is. You're going to have to put some of those differences and those pet causes aside. And we're going to have to figure out how, first of all, medically. And the first thing that we can do is what our government is Stay home. Don't go to public places. Practice the distancing no matter how hard it is. And it isn't harder for anyone else out there than it is for me. I'm a very social creature, as I'm sure most of you are. This is not going to stop people from getting The projections are that by the time this pandemic is over, between 40% of U.S. citizens are going to be infected with the COVID-19 coronavirus. 
somewhere between 6 and 10% are going to require hospitalization. And somewhere between 1% are going to die. The way instead of 2.5% or 3% is following these social distancing rules. By spreading out this curve and taking longer to spread, we're hoping that our healthcare system can start and build further capacity than it, ha- than it has now. If we were to not live like this thing would come to a head and probably less, but the fatality rate would be so much higher because there wouldn't be beds for all the people that are sick. As it is right now, there already are not. In Italy, which is about 10 days ahead of us, they too thought this was a joke. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. This is a wake-up call to the United States of America to start putting your neighbors, start putting your friends, start putting your family, start putting your community before yourself. This is something we haven't had to do here in my entire lifetime. And it's hard. But here's here's the silver lining to this dark cloud that's hanging over our heads. I truly believe that we still do live in the greatest culture on earth and that we live in a country that has the ability to become again and continue to be the greatest country ever in the history of mankind. We have the most innovative minds here. So while communist China is brainwashing the American media to not call this the Chinese coronavirus, although the Spanish flu, MERS, the West Nile virus, and just about every other disease out there has been referred to by its, by its place of discovery or origin or named after the person who discovered it. Right now, we have our media parroting talking points of a communist country that wishes to do us harm. They have threatened to cut off our drug supply. 85%, listen to this, folks, 85% of the components for pharmaceuticals needed by Americans comes from China. That doesn't mean 85% of the drugs come from there, but it means 85% of the components, so even the drugs that are manufactured here are relying on components that are coming from China. Our automotive industry requires parts from China. Our medical supplies industry, our which ran with its tail between its legs because of the American environmentalist movement, instead of facing it head-on and coming up with reasonable compromise, decided that instead of default go deforest other countries and build paper mills in China, and the environmentalists would just forget about them instead of coming up with a smarter solution. That's in China. In the Wuhan province, specifically. So all are going to cause us more than we would have had had we just taken care of our own. 16 with an America First policy, and everybody thought the guy was nuts, and rightfully so, because a lot of the things that come out of his mouth are offensive to a lot of people. But let's put all that offensiveness aside and let's look at the one message that probably got this president elected. And let's take that one message seriously. And let's take it seriously for the right reasons. It's not bigoted. It's not racist. And it's not mean to say that we want to put the United States of America first. It is a fact. We cannot be a beacon of safety, a beacon of security to the entire world if we cannot take care of ourselves. When you board an airplane... The flight attendant makes sure to brief you during the safety briefing to put your mask on before you assist others. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to put your masks on, figuratively and literally. It's time to get serious about really fixing the problems. It's time to start reaching out to your congressmen, uh, your senators, and let them know that we're not going to tolerate them sweeping this problem under the rug and a year from now coronavirus was just a thing. Because corporate America is already standing at the doorsteps with their lobbyists of our Congress with their hands out, the airline industry, the automotive industry. And we're probably going to have to help them because otherwise millions of Americans are going to lose their jobs and this Great Depression could go on for years. But here is the distinction that we have to make this time around. Not one dime, not one red cent of American taxpayer money, and maybe it's not even taxpayer money because with quantitative easing and and manufacturing money, it's just funny money, but it doesn't matter. Not one dime of our money should go to any corporation in any way, shape, or form until they give us a firm commitment and a firm action plan for redomesticating their business back into the United States of America. And I don't mean just their final place of assembly. I mean repatriating a minimum of 75% of their supply of America. Now, we understand that we can't get absolutely everything we need from here all the time. And we understand that this is going to drive up the cost of goods because Americans actually require a living wage where people in China, people in India, people in Mexico are willing to not work for a living wage. And we are going to feel the pain of even doing that. But China has proven to us one thing right now. That is that the United States of America is very ill. If they ever decided they wanted to declare war on us, they could win that war without firing a shot. All they'd have to do is not give us the critical medicine that we need, give us the critical natural resources that we need, give us the critical technological supplies that we need. The good news is, Americans are far more innovative than the Chinese. They may be disciplined. They may toe the party line. They may do what they're told, and we as Americans aren't really known for doing what we're told. We're not known for behaving ourselves. But what we are known for doing is looking out for our fellow man and freeing the rest of the world from oppression. And right now, we have decided to hand over the Chinese the tools to oppress the entire free world. And that's that. When I come back from the break here, we are going to bring on Carthage College professor, economist, and author Yuri Maltsev. Yuri grew up in communist Soviet Union. So he knows a thing or two about totalitarian regimes and controlling entire economies by government. We're going to talk to him about how we pull out of this as a people and how we balance free market capitalism with the corporate greed that has undoubtedly led to the undoing of an entire nation back after John. this. All right, we are back on the air here, and uh, I have my co-host and always a man with the plan, although the plan is a, a little complicated. Jim Selovich, how are you doing, Jim? Uh, the plan is a little bit different today. It's our first, uh, first uh, show here in the new beautiful, absolutely beautiful studios here in Gurney Mills. It is an amazingly beautiful studio, and it's so surreal to be standing out here. This is my second day in a row here because I came yesterday to do a little in time if you're watching on the uh facebook or the youtube channel i'll have ray turn the camera over because the mall is shut down and it's a ghost town and it's it's just a strange thing to see but uh 
itself is is amazing. I, I really understand why they 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 took the effort to make this move, make this move over here, and uh, once rolling again uh, in in this country, I think it's going to be a pretty fun place to broadcast from. Absolutely, <clears throat> getting used to uh, different things that are going on here. Um, so why don't you just talk a little bit, Ralph? Sure. So yeah, part of the part of the. Uh, Tribulations of moving to a new station is getting all of our sound beds in place. That's a little bit of, uh, I guess you could call it inside baseball. How to bring up all the songs and uh, all the little jingles and all the wonderful things you hear that make radio uh, a little more fun, a little more pleasing to the ear than just your average run-of-the-mill guy rambling in, in front of a microphone. Yeah, a lot of things are not here yet. Not yet. You know, uh, which is... Uh, show and records the show is not here, so a little bit right now. I well, it's a good I thing have, we're recording. If I had three arms, I'd be great right now. I could three arms. Yeah, like like well, maybe even eight, like that octopus from Monsters Inc. There you go. Yeah, I've never seen go. that movie. Well, kids that age. No, I'll yeah. bet you our musical guest probably saw it growing up. I'm she's, sure. She's I'm about sure. the age of some of my my yeah. older children. So, well, well we uh, do have the guest on the line. We oh, this is our this is our first guest, uh, Yuri Maltsev. Yuri, welcome to the program. Hello. you know uh thank okay. you uh late on a sunday evening here i don't know if you heard my opening monologue or not but i i, I gave a little bit of introduction letting people know also here is a economist and author and uh, professor of economics over at carthage college and uh that yuri grew up in the communist soviet union and actually i believe graduated uh from undergrad in moscow is that correct Correct. Moscow State University, right? Perfect, perfect. So, Eden, that I wanted everybody to know uh, about you, Yuri. And uh, these are some pretty interesting times that we're facing here in this country, aren't they? Right. I'll bet you do, having the government tell everybody not to move and shelter in place and telling uh, businesses when they can and can't be in business. This must seem, must seem a little bit surreal to you, uh, being that you spent uh right with union right now that there is no resources cannot go and buy what you want you cannot go even if you want to go somewhere uh, i don't know i'm not saying that corona coronavirus is a communism it isn't it is, it is probably not but it's no. Right, uh-huh. I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm definitely not making implication that we're going to become a communist country, but be, because of the fact that we're under this extreme stress right now, uh, it, it probably feels a lot like a, a a market where you don't have a free market because at least temporarily we don't have a free market right now. Right, it's a economy and society, and uh, to tell the truth. Great Austrian economist, uh, Friedrich Hayek, in 1944, um, he wrote the use of society, saying that oh, we don't know, and we don't know now. I don't want to pretend that I know a lot where this coronavirus and what the evolution of it would be and how long it would be. But from another, I, I 
approaches definitely with that. Well, I'm interested in hearing your take on how we can survive this and become a thriving robot once this crisis is over, because we can't stop this crisis from happening, and we can't help the fact that it is going to create some financial devastation, obviously, as as well as the the human element of people suffering, some people even dying from it. But how do how do we emerge from this stronger? I think that's the thing that people want to hear the most. Uh, right. I think it's to stay the course. I don't know. I mean, I I I believe. The day is doing uh, almost everything they can, and they inclusive. They, I mean, most of the decisions about that are made on the local level. Um, then I think that the more market we would, have, then the more the more face masks and ventilators would be. Uh, but uh, but from another hand, I mean, what what else what else is possible? So that's the the same. The, the great Austrian economist he used to say, and that's what the danger is. He used to say that to greatly expand the power of government and and uh, uh, curtail the people's people's rights and personal liberty, you need. This crisis can be really or fabricated. I kind of see that now we have, I think, but many people want also to make it imaginary in the sense that to, to tell us that, that we're all either dead or that's not a big deal. Uh, and this is something called the, the pretense of knowledge, pretense of knowledge that I don't think many people know. And this is making us very uncomfortable because if you know some of the bad news, bad news you can adjust yourself, but no news, uh, then you cannot already. You don't know what to do. And um, uh, and that's what, what I think about it. But I think the market is the solution, not more government. Absolutely. I think that the market can be a solution, but the market has caused some of the problem as well, or not having enough uh, protections in place. And I, I know that you're not a protectionist overall, but do you see that exporting our entire supply chain and exporting all of our jobs to other countries where they get the job done cheaper has now put us in a precarious situation? And do you think that, uh, in, as I said in my monologue, that there should be some conditions attached to the federal government bailing out companies, including moving their supply chain and the majority of their manufacturing operations back to the United States if they want the federal government to help them. Do you, do you think that those are ideas that in the long run will make America stronger? Uh, and <laughs> I doubt that that would be the case. Uh, they support it not because, uh, because these jobs from with excessive regulations, with high taxes. And that was the problem. I mean, problem with the previous administration and several administrations before. 
Absolutely. And, um, uh, so we have to. So we have to make sure that we're focused. We have to make sure that we're committed to deregulation and that we're committed to keeping America's labor movement in check at the same time if, if we're going to do that, have a labor movement, or that we can't have labor unions in this country because they, they do provide a, a useful service. But I think that unfettered power uh, given to anybody uh, causes causes problems. Uh, right. Well, I mean, labor unions will have them no matter what. And and they are not playing a big role into that because right now, if you will look at the labor force in the United States, it's less than 7% of well, the labor force. They're not playing a big, big role now, but I think they played a big role in previous decades of, of that and government regulation raised the cost of doing business, the cost of manufacturing in the United States so and at the same time, we had trade policies that were so lax that we were basically begging companies to leave our country. I agree that that's that's the case. I mean, in the, in the, in the sense that that if you have very high labor, I'm labor costs, and so if you have high labor costs, then the the people would look for something cheaper. But from another hand, that's not the problem for us. I mean, it, and it is not. And look, I mean. With Mr. Trump coming to to power and he reduced taxes, now he is thinking of of ending uh, and the jobs are coming back to the point that before all this virus, you could see we had the lowest unemployment in almost 55 years. These are the right so. So these are the kind of the issues that if we want to squeeze something out of the United States, we need to adopt some more regulations, could be environmental, labor, financial, or whatever else. It's all of government, because that's what happens, is government gets bigger and more powerful and, and then wields its power. But I also believe, Mr. Maltzif, that that some of the larger companies in America like these overreaching regulations because it stifles competition. Um, John Kenneth Gilbride, the economist, uh, the very left-wing, I mean, uh, very liberal on the, on the almost, almost like Bernie Sanders, and uh, uh, and I disagree with him on almost everything he said, but one big government likes big business, and big business likes big government. That makes perfect and sense. Big, yeah, and big business likes big government for that very reason that you mentioned that it can keep competitors away. And that's what it was doing. And then because, for example, moving these jobs to China is not just moving these jobs, say, out of Wisconsin to China uh, to somebody else. No, that would be the same big company, which was Wisconsin, that very big company would move its operations into into China. Sure. So it's, it's, the same, the it's the same people that own it, and it's the same shareholders, to... mm-hmm. and, and they're doing it in the name of shareholders and, and company profitability, for sure. Right. But there is, between us, uh, Ralph, um, and, <laughs> and our listeners, yeah, I was going to say, um, between me and you and with... people. <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with that, because if if our own government is making kind of like um, the environment for business 
very unfriendly and sometimes insane in the United States, you need to do what you do. Lay down and die? No, you want to move somewhere and do something somewhere else then. So how do we get them to come back now, and should we be punitive to companies that don't come back to the United States? Should we have more tariffs? Should we have more protectionism at the same time? Definitely not. No, no. This is is the the, the recipe for it. If you want to to come back, then and uh, we will just be buying products from them and whatnot. Again, I mean, unemployment lowest. Um, I haven't seen the latest uh, numbers, but unemployment even right now uh, is 3.6 percent. So it's 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 very unemployment is not a problem. Then why should we have these jobs? We have already already a shortage of labor. Our labor market is very is, is very tense right now, but. I see a recession coming, and under this recession, I think unemployment can go up, and um, uh, otherwise I would be kind of like a charlatan in the sense that that we just really don't know a lot of things, and we cannot know them. Do you think that— do you think that as life changes in this country, and this this crisis certainly will change people's behavior, behavior patterns, that we may start to gravitate toward becoming a nation of, of production as opposed to a nation of consumers? So some of those jobs that are sector in the consumer spending sector may actually be replaced by jobs back in the manufacturing sector as we start ramping up very similar to what we did at the beginning uh, of World War II after Pearl Harbor. I mean, we, we didn't just go to war right away and go win that war. We had to we had to completely ramp up our entire industry so that we could we could go fight that fight. It's very similar. There, there's a shortage of what we need from China, and China's threatening to not sell us things that we need. Do you think this is a wake-up call to the American worker, to the American company, that, that having a domestic supply chain is something that is vital to national security. Do you think that's that's a real that's a real problem that we need to address? I have to say that that it's strange, Charles, but I disagree with you almost the whole evening. No, what's wrong with that? We almost never disagree. We almost never disagree. But that's right. How do we insulate? How do we protect our? How do we protect ourselves from a totalitarian regime like China just deciding they're not going to sell us goods? after we've already outsourced everything to them. How do we protect ourselves? I never heard of them not selling us goods. They would be so happy to do that, and they were very happy to do that. And if, for example, if, if I uh, would Chinese goods from the places where I would be sitting naked on the, on the, on the concrete floor, I absolutely agree with you. This isn't something that can be done overnight. I think this is something that we have to look at whether or not it makes sense to domesticate at least some of our industries, especially when it comes to things that are vital American life, such as such as medical supplies and and prescriptions. And well, I was myself very much surprised to know that all, that Chinese are providing us with almost eighty percent of our medical supplies. Eighty-five percent of the components and prescriptions comes from China. Yes, so eighty. I heard eighty, but eighty, eighty-five. So I think 
reaction of a person should be, thank you so much for keeping us alive and healthy, or not? So what's the solution? What do you think? So, so what's, what's the solution? Because, because I'm... The... moved it to China. It was not Chinese. It was... No, the... it... Absolutely, it was it was American companies who wanted a fatter profit, right. and they were also being pushed with overreaching regulation in in our government. So I, I recognize that the symptom was an over on on our side, but it was almost as if we created the perfect storm because at the same time that we had overreaching government over regulating industries in our country, we had the government not really saying anything about importing those same goods. So as soon as American companies exported their jobs. Uh, in favor of both cheaper labor and less regulation, they they also had a profound effect on on our security. And how would they? <clears throat> how can they undermine our security? They are holding about one third of our national debt. Correct. So seven trillion dollars or whatever. Correct. So if they if they have, the, they're hostages to us, aren't they? Well, I mean, look, you're assuming that you're. I, you're from you. What? You're assuming that they have the same set of values as we do and that they value that the, the communist regime values life in their own country. But if they don't value life in their own country and they decide to go with a scorched earth policy that might hurt their economy but hurt us worse in the long run so that they could come around and have complete domination, that we've given them the ability to do that if, if they wanted to. Definitely. I myself, I don't like people like Xi Jinping or other guys. But from another hand, I travel to China quite often and whatever, and I see wonderful Chinese, hardworking people, very friendly, who want to live like us. Absolutely. And, uh, and, right. The Chinese and people, see... the and what can you do? I mean, for example, you're producing these antibiotics. Then what? You will have crisis. And what would you do with it? Throw them in the Yangtze River? No. You will try to make money. Correct. So, so this, yes. No, I think that, that this China bashing, mostly in the press or whatever, it is just in search of scapegoats. And the people just trying to find, to rationalize why this up and no 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 like that and the whole idea right now is that this virus was kind of manufactured somewhere there which i don't know was it or not it was a zoonosis that means it came from animals like snakes and there's other animals they have um so it's impossible to say but now i think that we we need to kind of come down and and uh, uh, and try to be friends with everybody. Today, the president he was uh, he had this press conference saying that he, North Korea and Iran, even in this case, because it's humanity and it is, or not. I think it is. Of course, it is. It, yeah. And and because we have solved people, we, we we've solved so many. Humanitarian crises in the world as as, as leaders, and, and I think that we have a responsibility as a country to take the lead again here and solve for our country, but for the other countries in the world. 
And uh, you know, right, you, right. And I don't have, I mean, nothing against the kind of the ordinary career around who already have so many problems and so and live on, in such awful conditions that sure. definitely kind of they're living you know, in they're living in poverty under a totalitarian regime, just like the Chinese people are. And this right, this right. seems to be I don't want the same thing to happen here out of fear. Because I think that fear, when you drive fear, people will suddenly opt for more government in exchange for more security if they're worried about whether or not they're going to be able to eat, whether they're going to be able to feed their children, whether or not they're going to be able to get medicine that they need. Suddenly government taking things over sounds a lot better to uninformed people. And so I think we're in a very scary time here in our country where we need to we, we need to shore up our business, but we also need to make sure that our big business doesn't get stay in bed with big government and use this as an opportunity to eliminate their competition. That's what kind of leave it a little bit later in the sense that that uh, everything we are getting so far is coming from big corporations. And uh, these corporations are doing it looks like almost everything they could. To, yes. Anyway, very, very nicely surprised about General Motors and Tesla and whomever else that they will be making ventilators and 3M and uh, whomever else is making right now the the face masks and things like that. So yeah, that so was news about. Turns uh, out there. I just want to repeat what what you said. Uh, Tesla, General Motors are. are expediting the ability to make ventilators because they know that there is going to be a growing shortage here in our country and 3M is is uh, stepping up their production of masks and and hoods and, and booties and all the other uh, supplies that are needed so that uh, doctors can work in a sterile environment, healthcare professionals can work in a sterile environment and, and people can protect themselves uh, from from disease and bacteria. Exactly. Yes. Yes. I I agree with that. Uh, I do a lot of seminars um, all over the United States, and sometimes I'm on the panels with um, Ralph Nader. You remember maybe as a guy like that. He, oh, first name uh, is me and the same last initial, and not somebody I want by any stretch of the imagination. Exactly. And he, uh, but him and everything, and very good living. Say that that I just see that this corporate world is playing a good role in the United States, and and maybe some of them are earning more than you think is is, I mean, acceptable or whatever or decent. Great um, in economics. Uh, <clears throat> Petr, great Austrian economist. Yes, his point was that super profits are also good because um, rewards people who did something outstanding. So, what do we, where do we go with that now? Uh, <clears throat> that means that if we would not regulate medical prices, then uh, we would have more solutions and much faster solutions. For all our medical issues. So you you think increasing deregulation is the the biggest mm. challenge or or, or, yeah. or the the biggest step that we can make in bringing down the cost 
up the the manufacturing of these things. Uh, and the more the federal and the state governments would get out of this business regulating companies, um, especially in this in the pharma and in other fields, the faster it would be. So in the short run, what's the best move that the federal government can do here? Do you think this bailout is the right is the right move? I don't think this it is, but uh, but from another hand, yes, I don't know why it is not because in the, even in the short run, uh, you can support something which shouldn't be supporting. But from another hand, from another hand, I I'm not such a critic of of this of this government's approach to things. It looks like they're trying very hard, and now are dying all over the world. Still have a very low relatively everything because there's what about three three hundred fifty thousand people sick in the world wise and uh, and and if we uh, were to believe the models uh, the number was supposed to double every uh, six days and in the United States here the, the number of people infected has been doubling every two to three days over the past seven days. But I, I think that as they put that as they put and they start scaring people, what they what they really need to say is that that's an increasing number of people who are testing positive for it because these people were most likely already okay. infected okay. with this a week ago or two weeks ago. They just hadn't been discovered they're infected yet. So it's not necessarily as rapid of a climb as everybody is is uh projecting either. Uh, right, and the number of deaths I'm just looking right now it's only i mean I wouldn't say only because it's not all people that's if it's four hundred twenty eight in the United States out of fifteen thousand worldwide, but from another hand, I mean that's what the problem with this viruses is that you don't know or not, and so the from that perspective even even if this virus would not be so so bad um you can still scare people very much do you believe that at the end we're going to recover from this uh and be stronger than we were before in a short period of time or do you think this is going to be a protracted recession or depression uh <clears throat> and it looks like it's going away in china and south korea so then we'll everything would be okay. What I'm afraid of, that if we would have kind of the atmosphere of national crisis, we would elect somebody crazy in November, and then and then uh, uh, any kind of socialism is much more deadly than any kind of virus. And, uh, I think that that is a, a really profound statement that you said right there. Socialism would be more deadly to our country than this virus. Coming from somebody who has lived in a regime that had total government control and and 100% socialism. So the, the the far opposite end of the spectrum is a it's a free market society. <clears throat> yes, and then uh, socialism. Socialism killed about 200 million people just last century. So that's the kind of uh, uh, I would there is a direct kind of... All socialists here in the United States are trying to use 
this crisis, that no crisis should be worse. And uh, to just to, to increase uh, the size of the government and the power of the government, and that's these are the kind of the problems. And I am very impressed again by the federal government more even than some state governments, which are prohibiting people to get out. It's been a a strategic decision on the part of the president, and. I find it ironic that the people on the left side of the aisle are now begging the president to invoke the Defense Production Act. So they're 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 literally begging the man to, that they absolutely loathe to take more power. Mm-hmm. And uh, exactly, I, I believe it's a trap they're laying out there for him because they're still playing politics instead of worrying about what's right for the American people. Would you say that that's your perception of what's going on as well? That he's playing politics. No, that 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 the uh, that, they that, playing that they're politics. playing politics yeah. a mean, trap by asking him to invoke the Defense Production Act. Exactly, that's Mr. Pelosi and Mr. Schumer are doing all the time. Yes, of course, yes. Pretty um, level-headed and doing everything all right, and he uh, kind of involved all the professionals because. Anywhere on the spectrum, there are a lot of, say, socialists are saying these things, libertarians and other things, conservative, third kind of things uh, about the virus. But we don't know about the virus. My my sister is immunologist. She's saying the only thing I can say that we don't know much. That's what we know. That does seem to be the one common theme that we all know is that we don't know. Right. And then we shouldn't be rigid. We should be. How do you think life in America is going to uh, to change for. How do you think life is going to change in America permanently as a result of this? I guess that's that's really the, the thing people want to know at home. How are their lives what, once they get out of this? Because we will get out of it. We always do. But mm-hmm. what aspects of our life are going to be forever changed in your opinion? I'm afraid that they will have more government, more government, because again, the the enemies of freedom they would not uh, they would not waste the good crisis, and some of the regulations would stay. I think we will have a bigger um, I don't know or what not, which would be easy to justify. I don't know how it will be in the long run or in a uh, or in a such a long run, but into the Rules for Radicals handbook by Saul Alinsky. Never let a good crisis go to waste, and overwhelming mm-hmm. of the system is something that people that want absolute power cherish because they know that when systems get overwhelmed and get broken and people are, are begging for answers, that it's much easier for them to, to sell this poison to, to entire societies and entire countries, which is what has happened in so many other places in the world. Exactly. So, it's, uh, and it's, um, again, this this crisis is, uh, I, I don't know how much man-made it is, or probably not, but it looks, it looks like it will make everybody much poorer. And that's for sure. I mean, that, that uh, um, pandemic already per capita in the United States by 6-7%. So, and sure enough, already people like Mr. Sanders are saying, 
are you better off now rather than four years ago or whatever things like that well I said absolutely yes and I think if you ask everybody that right. right now in this moment they would not be so sure that's right that's right but but some people I don't know maybe I don't want to talk for people I don't know but um, would think yeah maybe that's true so why should we have Mr. Trump used this uh, this um, um, that was Lenin the worse the better the yeah. worse the better the worse the better so the worse and then and then we can take over uh, the the power and everything. Sinister move movement underneath all of this to make that happen as we speak. Well, I had a previous work with Robert a great and he would say he would tell me he would say Yuri. I am not. I am not uh, following conspiracy theories, but conspiracies happen all the time, left and right, mostly left. So I don't. I don't want to speculate because I don't have evidence, definitely. But it looks like a lot of people would profiteer, and would can get ahead of in life in politics if with this crisis, yes. or at least that's what they think. Ladies and gentlemen, Yuri Maltsev from Carthage, economist, professor of econ uh, economics, and author. Tell us about some of your current books that you have before we go to the break. we got about two more minutes, so I'd like you to just tell us a little bit about the books that you've currently written so that um, Americans can get your materials. Oh, interesting. Uh, <clears throat> I am right now, just right now, I'm working on an article uh, on an article, it's very interesting uh, for me because I was watching the uh, uh, um, video series called Trotsky on Netflix. They made in Russia about Trotsky, who was one of the uh, chief of the Soviet And at the end of it, it kind of looked like Stalin, it was Stalin who killed not only Trotsky, but Lenin as well. And so I'm doing some research in, the, in the archives. Can you imagine a, a lot of archives right now on the, on, online? And so I, I, and I found a lot of evidence that that was the case, that Stalin, who sanctified Lenin and, and proclaimed Lenin the greatest person, and, 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 that he killed him very cruelly on the 20th of December. Um, of uh, 1924. Okay. So that's what I'm writing. This is my current project. Then I have another project. I am writing a book which I should submit to a publisher in August of this year. Lenin. And uh, when this publisher called me and said, that, would you like to write a book about Lenin? I said, well, there's uh, 200,000 books about Lenin. And his point was that you probably can't can write the, the best one. So that's um, uh, that's some kind of a challenge. And this is amazing to see how how little we know, how little we know about the, 
the evil, the eternal evil of these uh, socialist dictators from all the way from from Lenin to Che Guevara and to and and then to, to Maduro yeah, and Fidel Castro. So so these are kind of my projects. Um, you can read my old books. Some the um, the one I have is called. Um, and another one is called Requiem for Marx. Um, then, uh, then how the um, uh, about the fall of Soviet Union? That's just a chapter there. Perfect. Then, um, mm-hmm, so so I have uh, some books. I uh, I should write more. There, definitely. <laughs> well, maybe this, uh, maybe we can write one together. Yuri, you never know. But uh, Yuri's existing books: Requiem for Marx, uh, Rethinking the American Union for the 21st Century, The Tea Party Explained, can all be found on uh, Amazon as well as anywhere else that books are sold. And uh, I look forward to um, reading your new book when it does come out. Yuri Maltsev, professor of economics from Carthage College. Yuri, thank you so much for being on the program, and I hope to have you back again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. After the break, we'll have Misbehaving in here, and uh, we'll lighten the mood up a little bit. Stay tuned. Just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Kenny, uh, 81 years old, passed away yesterday. Kenny Rogers, dead at 81 years old. And Kenny Rogers has a significant impact on my personal life, and I'm going to uh, let people know about that. If you want to guess what that significance was, or if you are somebody that has known me since childhood and you happen to be listening, and you know some Kenny Rogers stories about myself, I would love for you to beat me to the punch know on Facebook what it is about uh, Kenny Rogers that would be possibly significant to my own life. You can do that on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie, or on our YouTube channel. However, I'm more closely monitoring the Facebook page than the YouTube channel right now. Jim. Hey, that, what's up, man? That was a very heavy hour. Yeah. Heavy times, yeah, but yeah, we yeah. all people a beacon of loneliness. 
in this world. And that's why when we started and, this and, show. And, and she has it all. The wonderfulness. Haven Wells over here. Haven Wells. <laughs> Haven, go and let everybody know who you are for Hi. those that don't already know. <laughs> Hi, if you don't already know, my name is Haven. Um, most people call me Miss B because I'm always misbehaving. Um, that's actually the name of my band. We are misbehaving together and we do a lot of shows around Kenosha, but lately with this quarantine nonsense, I've been doing a lot of music by myself. Well, that's why I'm here. Make sure you behave for the duration of the thank hour you, here on you. Get Real with Ralph. <laughs> no, uh, you know, kind of like back in the day with Ed Sullivan, you know, they didn't let, uh, they didn't let Elvis gyrate his hips on TV and they didn't let Jim Morrison <laughs> say any higher, uh, except we allow well, so. there's plenty of space, so maybe we'll see. <laughs> I, you, you had some beverages over there, did I see? Yeah, you know, it's Sunday. You can't yeah. have a Sunday without Sunday fun day. So yeah. Dean doesn't change the fact that I'm celebrating with mimosas. So. Oh, so, we so, so was me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. Oh, okay. It's, it's got to be right. that. It, we have to keep everything normal, and this is my normal Sunday. So that's just for you then? Yeah, of course. Okay. A little right. something about... <laughs> Haven's normal Sunday. We we did have a musical guest lined up who decided not to uh, come in for health reasons, and I completely respect that decision. And I thought to myself, oh, shoot, what am I going to do now? I've got just a, a matter of minutes to get somebody on, and Haven was in our green room show that we're going to be doing on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday's in the green room. That is not on the radio, at least not yet. That is a podcast only on YouTube and Facebook. So I picked up the phone and I called Haven and I said, hey, you want to come in and do today's radio show instead of next Sunday's? And uh, she said, well, I'm you know, already into this picture of mimosas <laughs> here. How soon do I have to be ready? Right. And I said, it's 1 o'clock. We don't go on the air till 8. So you can go ahead, have a couple more, and take a nap yeah. before you come on. Which I did. It was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes. Haven says, well easier if I rode with you. I'm close to your office. And I said, that's fine. I can scoop you up, which is a, a term that I learned from, from the kids out there. I used to see that in my <laughs> hey, scoop me. And uh, I didn't know what that meant at first. So I said, I can scoop you because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all with it. And uh, she said, scoop away. And she gives me her address, which I won't read on the air. Thank and um, <laughs> so I Prescribed time? No, I show up ten minutes after the prescribed time. But I texted her and told her mm-hmm. I was. So I show on the button. Actually, it was five. six. So I waited till about six before I knocked on the door. I just mm-hmm. texted her I was here, and then I went and rang the doorbell. And there was right. much when I texted you. Yeah. Then I called her and there was no answer. Yeah. Then I decided, well, do I have the right house? Because she had given me the wrong address and corrected it. So <laughs> yes. I back of the house. And saw her van there, uh-huh. and uh, I, I've never seen your van before. But the bumper there. sticker was a dead giveaway oh, yeah. because it said something about music education. Support local musicians. Is That's what, what my it is. Bumper huh? How many local musicians can live at the same house number on two different <laughs> blocks? I have to have the right. So then I proceed to knock on the back door, and I get no answer. He tried. So and hard. now I'm now I'm now I'm panicking on the inside. I'm hoping that Haven is not 27 years old because you know the whole 27 club thing. We just did that whole thing I, with, right, Ivy with Ivy. And, um, you know, like the worst the worst possible scenarios are happening in my mind as I'm frantically knocking on the front door and the back door. By and I kind of peer in through a window and I see this body like sprawled out on a mattress. <laughs> 
passed out. So I don't know. Hundred percent. I don't know if you know this Haven, but I do actually have a law enforcement background. When I was on the military, I was a law. Oh, interesting. And I had occasion to go on some domestic calls, and you know, you knock really hard with the flashlight. So I <laughs> or cop style. Boom, boom. And then I heard Haven kind of stir. I just heard like this little <laughs> voice from the back, and I said. <laughs> And, uh, I was like, what are you? And uh, a couple it was minutes a good later, nap, man. Yeah, a couple minutes later, she was at the door. And um, let's, let's talk about your dreams. What type of dreams you have when you nap? Um, do, do, you, do, you, do you dream when you nap? No, really, I don't. I don't dream. But as soon as I wake up from naps, I'm automatically ready for the next thing. No dreams, but total inspiration. Nice. <laughs> this girl did spring to life. Did very she was... to be performing. I soon. mean, like get her, you know, <laughs> every bad scenario ever. <laughs> I'm like, so I... I... get to the car. <laughs> How am I? That's happening s... again. Since this. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, no, she came fully functional. Yeah. Uh, no weirdness intended there. The fully nap, functional to the door. The nap was needed. It was, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yep. And uh, here we are, and you've got ukulele in hand. I do. Now, yeah. listeners, we haven't heard oh. you on the air before. Why don't you Hi, give them a little listeners. bit of background of uh, who you are, where you're from, and what you do, which is very interesting. And while she's doing that, I'm going to wheel up a chair. So oh, bear with yeah, me. sure. Um, Haven. Uh, I'm Haven Wells. I actually originated from Rockford. Shout out to my Rockford homies. Um, you're actually your guest tonight was one of my college professors on one of my J-term trips. Yeah. Um, I moved here to go to Carthage and I studied music education and uh, performance with a piano and French horn. And um, that's the one you stick your hand in. All right. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shove you, the hand in the, in the. Do you do a French horn to make? Yeah. As much as people. Close. Nope. Yep. As much as people think you just, you know, you just put it in there and you hold it. You can change the sound quality ah. of the, of the. And at Pacetti's Music, which you should go to for Downtown many, Kenosha. many, many of your musical needs. Um, traded it in. They gave me a totally free new trumpet for the band to start using out and about nice. in our live performances because I miss playing a lot. So, been um, speaking of which, we funk, soul, just kind of like a hybrid of a bunch of different music. Every time people come to our shows, they mm -hmm. always say like, you know, we don't hear people like you. We don't hear music like this around and they, you know we kind of pride ourselves on that we're yeah, not awesome. we're not stuck yeah. to one yeah, genre yeah, yeah. so yeah and music oh my gosh yes i do and i'm going crazy <laughs> let me tell you um please do not be confused this is not this is not a vacation for teachers mm. this is not time off that we are enjoying I did not get to say goodbye to any of my 250 students, oh, no. not to mention the 20 of my private students who I'm now teaching virtually. Oh, so that's my next question. You're going to be teaching virtual? Privately, yes. But at the moment for KUSD, I am un mm. unaware of any other um, uh, strategies put in place, which is really sad because that's the bulk of my teaching. Right. And I guess, uh, what's today, Sunday? Yep, yesterday mm. was supposed to be solo and ensemble contest for mm. WMEA. 
Sure. And um, I remember doing a solo and ensemble when I was just a lad in, uh, in in the Kenosha school system. It was actually one of my favorite times of year. It was uh, it was the only sport I ever went to state in. Right, and, and that's the thing is they train was, like a sport. The amount of work that they put in. Yeah, I, I say that tongue in cheek because I, you know, I was also an athlete, just not as good of an athlete as 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 I was uh, a singer at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was a great experience. You would you would do your local solo and ensemble contest, and it was nerve. It was more nerve wracking than performing on stage, honestly, because you have uh, one person sitting in the back of the room with a little piece of paper looking up at you as you're singing, and uh, judging you, and then you get the. You get your gold star, you get your one with a star next to it or whatever yep. it happened to be, and that meant you got your golden ticket punched and you got to go to the uh, state, state solo ensemble. Yeah, and I was... have no doubt in my mind I had at least two ensembles ready mm. to go to state this year, and because of all of these closings, they just, yeah. This is, this is not a fun time for teachers, people. We're not sitting at home enjoying ourselves. We're going crazy because mm-hmm. we love our students and we love what we do. So, And the teachers that have children, such as my wife, are going even more crazy because in addition to not having their students, they have their children. <laughs> and I don't have <laughs> I'm good on that end. <laughs> I'll tell you what, my, I, I never realized, because maybe I haven't been paying enough attention, what a what a mouth my 12-year-old has on him towards his mom. Oh, my good! I thought I was going to wash it out with soap today. Now you need to go thank his teachers because you know that's how he probably talks to them. He doesn't. He's he will mouth off to me and his mom, but every time we meet with his teachers, See, they do. T- and they know. And I prefer that. I would prefer mm-hmm. a kid that mouths true, off to true. me and behaves for strangers than the other way around any any day of the week. True, true, true. Sweet. So, you have the same. Have you ever had a student that's a really good student, and then they come in with their parent, and they're just complete jerk offs to their parents, and you're shocked at it? No, not necessarily. I do have parents who, if I give a really good report on a kid, they're like. Uh, and they were like, really? Because none of the other teachers have good things to say. Yeah, and they'll like give him the side eye and I'll be like, no, he's lovely. Teaching music and children that have a passion children have a passion for music will right. Kids that have a passion for music will be kind to of their music teacher. Oh yeah. And I, I try to make it fun and I know that not everyone's into it, so I gotta make it the best for everyone. I bet you so. I bet you are a fun teacher. I try to I think be you're I a fun person. Best. I am a fun yeah. person. Thank you. Look at all these positive. Now we have to hang out more because because I'm a depressed person. No, I'm not. No, we can't hang out more. We're quarantined. Well, come on. We can (laughs) virtually. I have my Zoom meetings, and I was thinking about doing a virtual happy hour, maybe one day a week, and uh, just inviting people we know. Like you could bust out your uke. You know, we could get Ivy at home. We could get Jim at home. We could get uh, any of the other musicians that we've had on. Oh yeah. And we could decide what like the cocktail of the week is going to be ahead of time. their own cocktail prepared nice. and yeah. in the video just so right. just so you guys know i'm oh okay. just so you know at as, least we got the warning as long as, as, long as the webcam is from the waist up jim <laughs> your hands are in sight so we know you're not doing anything you know right. unauthorized except when you're doing you know the we, we need to see right. your cocktail being made that's all <laughs> oh, i thought we we're gonna have to hit the dumb button for the we don't we don't, I know we don't. So uh, you I'm, said I'm not talking about <laughs> not wearing pants. And Haven alluded to seeing your cocktail. The cocktail. The drink. Cocktail. Okay. They're right. Exactly. Just okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that she said tail on the end of that because otherwise we'd have been talking about roosters. You're like. <laughs> 
I just could not imagine. I'm like, this I'm like day can't you ever see those? And the punchline that you already laughed at. Well, <laughs> you so, have me so, uh, you're missing the students, you know. Yeah, man, it's rough. It, it's, it's it's a rough time. It's a rough time. It really is. But, but I am. I'm uh, writing new songs. We actually wrote a new song the other day as a band. Yes, we practiced in quarantine. I'm sorry. That's all right. But you know, <laughs> we got to do something. Musicians well, I, are out I here think going I think if too. anything, too, I think uh, there's a lot. Of new music, new writings, new poetry, new quarantine, oh, new yeah. babies. Yeah, well, that, oh that, yeah, that too. If people want to talk about boomers. They're gonna be boomer boomers mm. <laughs> happening soon. There's gonna be. We do this long enough, we might have boober, boomers having babies, which is it's, kind of that's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's kind of creepy because think uh, about it. That's where we're, we're at. What's the cutoff for the baby boom generation now? Fifty-five. Yes. Yeah. Is well, it? I guess you could father a child at fifty-five. You sure right. can. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> With that, Music. Haven is slowly reaching toward her uke over there, and I'm hoping she's going to play something pretty for us. Yeah. Think? Speaking of my students, um, so uh, the first songs I'm going to do are actually songs that my students created or helped me or oh, inspired awesome. me to create. And um, this is the first ukulele song I ever wrote, actually, and I wrote it when I was teaching at Stoker Elementary School. And I was teaching a unit on improvisation. And for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> let me step into my teacher's shoes real quick. Um, improvisation is when you think of something just off the top of your head. Um, and that's in life, but in music, mm -hmm. it's just spontaneous music creating. And um, I was teaching a unit on improv. Improv's and the best. It's really fun, especially as a jazz musician. Mm -hmm. and, as an actor, um, it's amazing. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I was I was a theater I was yeah, a theater right. nerd yeah. back in the day too. So yeah, yeah. improv is great, and I I really push that with my students because there's something so less intimidating about just making whatever comes to your heart happen, other than staring at notes on a page and playing oh. them correctly in the moment. Right, right. So I'm I'm teaching this unit, and of course, you know, one of my kids, he's got a smart. Yeah. <laughs> I love those ones. They're my favorites, honestly. And he said, Miss Wiles, you do something. I said, Imp you improv. Show well, you do something. And I was like, uh, okay. And then uh, this happened. This is nice. called Interstellar. Interstellar. Mm -hmm. And this happened. He's like, Miss Wells, do something. I'm going to cut my mic off so you can do something here. <laughs> Miss Wells, do something. Hey, hey, mama. Thanks for calling. I know it's been a minute, but let me get into it. Tell you about the reason that my mind is Mama, there's a boy I like you to know. He makes me feel so out of this world. Out of this world. Oh, Mama, he's the one. He's here to stay. Makes me feel special in every way. He's out of this world. 
Tuesday night I'm trying to look just right For this interstellar boy Who's got me feeling Just right oh. He's the one He's here to stay Makes me feel special In every way He's out of this Saturday night, I'm trying to feel just right with this interstellar boy who's got me feeling just right. Ooh. Oh, mama, I'm telling you, he's the one, he's here to stay, makes me feel special in every way. hear it we don't bring the uke out for live sets because it's um it's it's just really hard to mic and it's really hard to hear mm. but if i'm being honest with you it's really easy for me to write music on it so most of the time i'm like okay no, guys just fine. here just we fine. go so i'm glad you can hear it absolutely you can write lots of happy songs on it it's a happy it's a happy sounding instrument and when parents you if you are bored i don't know which what camera i'm looking at right now is it this one that one right there okay yeah. if you are bored right now I don't know if music stores are open. They should be. They are essential, just saying. Um, I'm about to go buy a bass, so that's that's just a thing. Music Center and Musical Round and Pacetti's. Check them out. Support them if they're open. If you need something to occupy your child, especially if they're anywhere from the ranges of 6 to 18, <laughs> Go get a ukulele and make them watch YouTube videos. It is so simple. And if you want lessons, I am offering lessons. But they are on, um, they're, they're virtual, so they're all mm -hmm. on Zoom. But uh, kids seem to be adjusting very well. And it's fun. And I'm a cool person. So let's get connected, you know. A couple of years back, there was a girl, at, I think she was about 12 at the time, on America's Got Talent who played the ukulele, and she ended up making it all the way to the end. What? Do you See, know her name? No. Oh, I, I thought you were going to tell me her name. Doesn't surprise me. And my, my son showed it to me, and turns out now she's put out a couple of albums, and I walk into the bathroom getting ready this morning, and the shower is going, and um, I can hear my daughter singing in the background to the same girl she had in Isn't her little her little speaker sho her ah! little shower speaker. See? Yeah, so get your kid a ukulele and watch them become famous overnight on YouTube. It'll happen. I I have students who I I'm like, where did you learn that? And they're like, oh, I just watch YouTube videos. And I'm like, well, what's my job for? <laughs> appreciate it you know the passion to go out and learn it on your own you know and kids do youtube if you can sit down and watch people playing video games <laughs> then you for can hours sit on end then you can it. sit down and learn how to That's play right. an instrument through youtube i'm just saying absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah.
I wish I could think of the name of the artist so I could I could Me plug too. her. But it I was well. I know we definitely have time for one more before we go into our bottom of the hour break here. Mm-hmm. So, why, and then we'll yeah, roll out to the break. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to then fill our listeners in on the significance of the now late great kenny rogers oh awesome oh, yeah. on my personal life the suspense life. is killing me the suspense is killing you that's a drum roll if you could but first <laughs> first we have a little bit more of miss b here miss b on the mic okay um first before we go to break i have to shout out to my boys i miss you so much if you are watching this oscar pierce and damien you are the absolute loves of my life and I miss you so much, and I can't wait for us to get making music again. Those are my bandmates, y'all. Nice. Couldn't do this without them. And by the way, we just got a comment from Kyle Young saying love y'all, too. So, Kyle. And he knows all about the ukulele jams. Hey, Kyle, we miss you, too. He sure does. Yeah, we're going to do, Kyle and I are actually going to, we're going to do a live, like, jam sesh soon. I don't know if he but now you know. <laughs> good, good. Maybe, um, maybe we can bring that to the green room. Bring everyone to the green room. I'm about it. It'll match my hair. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to, you know, the green room was designed for chroma keying so that you could put stuff out there, but we just decided to play it all natural with, with Ivy last week. And so we're going to have to do the, the same. It, it was a fun session, wasn't it? Oh, so fun. Did you see my drawing of her? I did. I did not watch the process of the drawing, but I tuned in after the drawing. <laughs> did you see my sketch? Quite good. All right. Turns I, out that I'm an. I'm, I'm sure it is. I, I have a feeling her mother would be slightly <laughs> critical, but you know she's the real artist, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't put any fake backgrounds behind you and chroma key you out because you look like Sinead O'Connor. Your hair would just disappear. Yeah, my hair would just disappear. It would blend in the green screen, the green hair. You know. All right. <clears throat> Speaking um, of depressing music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blue if I were green. I would. Die. No, I'm just kidding. It's not true. Um. <laughs> All right, play us a happy song into the break there. uh, This next song is actually a happy song. Since we're talking about my students, ooh, um, I'll be real with y'all. It's been, it's, yeah, this is not a fun time for any teacher who is in this for the actual passion of what they do Mm. and the kids. This is, uh, I don't know if this is relevant and maybe those with children can relate, but for me right now it feels like I'm, I can't be with my children, like my actual children. That's what it feels like for me. Like if this was all happening and you were like, yeah, I'm not going to see you for probably like a few months. Good luck. I hope you're okay in the end. <laughs> that's that's what it feels like. Um, and uh, my student, Eliza, so if anyone is listening and knows my little girl, Eliza, uh, she's a cello player in fifth grade right now. And she is the most whimsical, creative student. I, one of my creatives, uh, for sure. And last year, she was in fourth grade. And she wrote this song, and she played it for one of our extra reward days. I let them nice. do it like a student spotlight day. And she performed this. And I said, where did you learn that song? And she said, I wrote it. Uh, and I was just, I was blown away. And she didn't have chords or anything to it. Mm-hmm. She, just, she just sang it, and it brought me to tears. Oh. A fourth grader. Brought me to tears singing an, an a cappella song that she did herself. And I was like, Are, can I learn this song for you? And can I make something of it? And she said, yes. So I call this Eliza's song, but she calls it Blooming Colors. Oh. And uh, when I asked her what she wanted people to remember or think of when they heard this music, she said, I want it to be feel-good music that people can turn to when they feel like they're in a dark place. So... I think this is relevant. I think this is really relevant. It's amazing. Yeah. That's very sweet. 
So this is a Eliza song. She calls it Blooming Colors, but I love her, so I call it Eliza's song. <laughs> Ralph with my co-host Jim Selovich and hey. I forgot I was that I was Kenny was Rogers and Lucille on this weekend which is the um uh Kenny Rogers is um no longer with us dead at 81 years of yeah. age and uh, I'm well, going to tell my Kenny Rogers yeah, story we so hear the Kenny Rogers story. I got let's introduced to the idea of singing by Kenny Rogers oh. or even wanting to be a singer and I remember Ralph's a good singer. Let me pause the record right here to let it be known. Ralph is a good singer. Well, thank you. <laughs> it, it depends on what and when and True. all that, like like anybody. I was watching the Muppet show. You almost spit your mimosa out mm -hmm. there. <laughs> In second grade, and Kenny Rogers okay. was on, and they had a train going down, and he's sitting on the train, and he did the gambler with all the Muppets around. On a warm summer's eve, on a dream by nowhere, 
I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to speak. But we took turns of staring at the window in the darkness. The boredom overtook us. And he began to speak. So I'm watching him say, no when the phone Oh. Now, I'm watching this song and I decided I wanted to <laughs> sing it. And a couple of days later, I'm walking. As a walking, second grader? As a second grader. Oh, God, I bet you were adorable. Couple of days. <laughs> he still is. Couple. <laughs> He's this little adorable guy. I'm like, I'm like Emmanuel Lewis. <laughs> Ralphie? Lewis, but just a little less melanin. Yeah. Like Gary Coleman, yeah. Ex I met him once. Except for me, <laughs> except for me, it was like I would probably get adopted by a black family because uh, growing up, man, black people always loved me. They're always, I think they like saying nudie because it's just a funny name. But uh, I always nudie. got a lot. Seriously, they always wanted to like pinch my cheeks and put them on their laps and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, the ladies, that is. The la Kenny Rogers. Back Thank to you. Kenny Next thing I know, I'm wandering around all the playgrounds singing The Gambler, and groups of kids are following me around and encouraging me to do so. Yeah. And a couple of months later, I'm on stages singing all kinds of country songs. Uh, first, I asked if I could join in with the Bellotti brothers. Do you remember Dave Bellotti and the main attraction back in the day? Yes, I do. Asked if I could sing with them at my grandfather's wedding. Oh, wow. And they put me up on stage, and I sang The Gambler. Actually, it was my cousin's wedding first, and then my grandfather's. Aww. Next thing I know, my grandfather's hiring me an accompanist and bringing me to like shopping malls and events and having <laughs> yeah. me sing. And uh, that was the beginning of me wanting to be a singer, is from watching Kenny Rogers sing The Gambler on The Muppet Show. Wow. Check that out. To this day... People I went to school with remember that, and they'll say, hey, remember when you used to walk around the playground and sing The Gambler? So it became... You were so cute. I was so What cute. happened? That's a That's lot better me by. Well, you like, know... Remember when you used to walk around the playground and pretend you were a dog? Wow. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. And then, then you would pee on people? Is that what it is? I, w I would literally, like, be, like, running around like a dog. Were you sniffing people's butts? Humans, humans were boring. No, no. I didn't go to you that. Didn't, you didn't hump <laughs> any legs or anything? But That's I what I do singing, when I play a dog. I, but I wasn't singing amazing music <laughs> at the playground. <laughs> it's not what my classmates remember me for. <laughs> so so this is this is uh, when you were a kid? When I was a little one. Oh, yeah, not was... when you're teaching? No. <laughs> if if she remembered, if she pretended to be a dog when she was teaching, she might not have a job anymore. I mean, we do. We have this song that goes... I have a dog with a tail. Woof, woof. woof. I have Yeah. Oh, wow. That's or there's scary. how much is that puppy in the window? We don't do that anymore. That's old school. Come on, Ralph. Oh, because we adopt now. We don't buy puppies out of the window, correct? Exactly. Yeah. You don't buy puppies See? out of the window. Which huh? I am adopting a dog soon, and everybody yes. better be ready to just never see me alone again. We have a <laughs> we have a coronavirus puppy ourselves. You know, we're talking about people making a way puppy? a very dear friend of mine just texted me an ultrasound while we were on letting me know oh, that he's wow. having twins, but I don't know if I have a permission <laughs> to to release that information publicly. That's funny. But we did get a beautiful little German Shepherd puppy Aww. and my daughter's wanted a Disney princess 
name and my son wanted something a little cooler so we decided with the disney princess with the acquisition of star wars we decided to name her leia so everybody's happy and leia has immediately become part of our family Oh, I'm hopefully adopting a very ugly, very decrepit old dog that nobody else wants except me. And I will give him the best home ever. That's what <laughs> I would do in a heartbeat if I didn't have young ones at home. Yeah, and, and, that'll be and, good and I think for it's a great them. thing. That'll be really good. Even I'm old. I've been called a dog a couple and times. I'm... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm ugly. I'm ugly, so I won't hump your leg. You heard it here. Almost... I need a small. Him too. Okay. All right. Well, he might feel. I throw that one out there. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. I it's official. It. Haven is adopting Jim Selovich. Uh, pending. Pending. It's pending. Adoption. Pending. Adoption. I have to get my shots. Haven. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, if you start mm-hmm. ear with your hind leg, I'm really gonna lose. Never leave my house. <laughs> I'd never leave my bedroom if I could do that. Uh, I can't breathe. <laughs> that, folks, is quality hey, radio. There's like people creeping out in the hallways now. I, I think I saw Doctor Destructions out there. Yeah. Did you see his like his menacing hat? And his oh yeah. Makeup? No, he's he's not in. Uh, he's a uh, he's in plain clothes. At least there are people observing. He's in Dale mode. That's all we need. Dale mode. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping that he would come in full makeup so we could see it, seeing as how uh, we've got cameras and everything here. We could, we could let him know that. That'd be entertaining. Yeah. I'd be totally down for that. That would be entertaining. We'll it have would, to, uh, would be. we'll have to table that discussion Arrange for that. a future moment, <laughs> while Haven pulls up the ukulele here and uh, gets another one of her great songs out to us. What's the next song? Well, the rest are not student-composed. My apologies. Um, yeah, I guess I'll get a little... I like- uh, yeah, you like that one, the yeah. one, the one. You know what? One, I'm just yeah. going to start, and then whatever one comes to my I, heart, I, I like, I'll tell you the I like title of it after. You're just going to start vibing, and whatever happens, I'm just going to go, and then whichever it, one it, comes called, to me, it will come. It's and called then, Mimosa. 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 <laughs> This is, um, no, this is, they're all originals. Um, I just don't know which one I want to play right now. So so whichever many. one happens, I'll let you know the title afterwards. Yay! <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Once Two, again, shout three, out to four. my boys because I miss you, Oscar, Damien, and Pierce. I miss you. Okay. I wish you <laughs> Hmm. Heart and soul forever. Oh. 
I just wish that you tried to understand me Just a little misunderstanding I don't need to sit Romantic, but I do because I love you anyway. Don't you remember all the I do get it right No need to it Cause we both know What's going on My heart and soul Forevermore So You're trying to understand this Just a little misunderstanding Never meant to be rude So please come here And we will fly off to the sunset far away Ladies and gentlemen, oh, yeah. I lost my headphones, y'all. Thank you. That's how we're jamming. Would you knock them off with your ukulele? I or guess what? so. I'm that weird person, and just in case anyone is watching and is like, "Oh, I would love to do some studio work with this girl," let me just warn you right now. <laughs> I am that person. I cannot do headphones when I am recording. I have to be like, "Oh, this ear's off. This ear's off. I can't do both ears on. I don't know what it is. It drives me nuts." Well. That's it. You oh, just have just to be able me. to hear what's going on. Right. So I found the name of that artist. Her yeah, name what's is her name? Grace Vanderwall. And Vanderwall. Uh, her name is Grace, and her last name is Vanderwall. Yep. Mm. And she plays a ukulele. She does. She <laughs> plays the ukulele. Does she good? Does she very good? All right, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hear the song that she wrote that made her famous here real oh, quick because I, I I know that you love hearing children who are talented and I thought that this would be a a, a great lead in so with that you gonna let her rip. Why I 
Yeah, that's a... Uh, Grace Vanderwall. Wow. And, and the song is I Don't Know My Name. I Don't Know My Name. That's Grace Vanderwall. That's and her name. Wonderful. I'm telling you, you're going to open this Pandora's box and hear a bunch of stuff you'll I'm like. I'm diving into this one now. There was one that she did this year that we won't have time to play now. It's called Just a Crush. And that's what my daughter was listening to in the shower. We're talking about getting serious and you don't realize you're just a crush. Oh, and I wow. thought, I want that. Anthem when she gets older, you know, boys are always trying to get girls to be serious right, and all right. that. And, and and I hope that she remembers that song. When, yeah. When, when she's at that age when and, the absolute daylights out of their fathers. Yeah. You, you know what's up? I do know what's up. <laughs> so with that, we got time for a little more music. We got about nine minutes to the top of the hour here. Oh, it's 9.51. So. I, I can close you out with two more, two more, two more. Oh, I can't think of any better way to end this night. <laughs> uh. Yeah, this one is, oh, that last one, sorry, the last one is called Misunderstanding. That was what I, that was what my heart decided to play. <laughs> All right. Um, this one uh, is called um, Once Again. Once Again. So funny that the time I used to spend with you so easily becomes my own. Ironic that you thought that this would solve the problems you neglected to speak on. Told me I was all you ever wanted. Look at us now. Hold me one more time and I'll forget this all somehow. Alone in 
so lovely just to see you do what you do no solo dolo no one by your side but i wonder if there's something more i could have done to help you ease the pain inside told you all i wanted was to be your forever home to this day the truth i swear i said it stop biting your tongue cause i'm Misbehaving. Yeah, I got one more. Haven Wells, everybody. One more. I got one more, and this one, people, be on the lookout. This one. Oh, that last one, too. <clears throat> We're recording right now for... Yes, let's um, talk about that briefly here. We are recording with Stonecutter Studios in Chicago, Illinois, um, right now. And um, we in the process of doing a single to start, and uh, we have all our other songs recorded, and... Once our single is out, we can promote that a little bit more and start selling that stuff and see where our music gets. We're going to uh, release our EP, so be on the lookout. Most, if not all, of these songs will be on it. So, um, yeah, we're excited to be here with the full band. Oh, my gosh, I miss them. <laughs> this is nothing, people. This so we're is gonna nothing. Have, we're going to have some of your bandmates on the green room on Wednesday night. Yeah. So you can, you can tune in on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page for our second episode or our second installation of in the green room which we plan on doing the entire time we're under quarantine so long as we're allowed to do so and uh, that is in our private studio in an undisclosed location so um you know if the tanks come rolling through looking for us they're not going to find us and we'll take all the proper (laughs) we'll take all the proper health (laughs) precautions along the way because we want to make sure we keep everybody healthy but we keep everybody entertained so um yeah. We've got both of those. You got your album, and as soon as that EP is re- ready, we'll definitely have you back on here so that uh, we can we can play some of those track With songs yeah. uh, that you did down at Stonecutter. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to hear how those those yeah. turned out because I know you've worked so hard on it. Yeah, Chris does great work, and we all vibe really well together. So 
This is one we've been working on really hard. Um, the guys have really been vibing with this one lately. It's really fun. They get to sing with us. This is called Holding Me Down. Now this starts off sweet melody. Ladies and gentlemen, the front lady of the band, Misbehaven. They will be in the green room Wednesday at 6 o'clock p.m. 
misspeak. Thank you for, you can watch that on GetRealWithRalph.com or Facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph on AM 1050 WLIP. Gurney Kenosha. We love Ivy. We love Ivy. There's not enough love in this world. Over and out. Uh, it's okay if you want to say, and I promise I won't run away. You don't have to say.